Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of The Angry Environmentalist. Today we have a very special guest speaker on to talk about sharks. In honor of work being Shark Week last week and the recent headlines of the shark incidents in New York, I thought what better time to have shark experts on than now. Today's speaker is from Shark Angels, which is a nonprofit focused on shark education, policies, and science. They also have many different youth programs to empower and educate the next generation of changemakers, which you can find on their website, which I have linked in the podcast description. They provide information on how to make both local and global change to protect and educate about sharks so that everyone can join in the fight to protecting this keystone species. Our guest speaker today is Cheryl McCarran, who is the Education and Outreach Director at Shark Angels. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Cheryl and hop right into our first question. So first, can you just tell us a little bit about your organization and what Shark Angels does? Sure. Uh, So Shark Angels is a shark conservation nonprofit. We focus a lot on education and awareness. So we do Zoom presentations around the world for kids and adults, trying to find fun, engaging ways to teach people about sharks, uh, from trivia to um, our sharks and sex presentations, just fun ways to engage people. Um, We have our monthly chomps, which work to demystify science for people, so to tell them what's going on in the areas of shark research and make it easily understandable for everybody. We we have our daily bites that we we do on our Instagram and Facebook, just different ways to inform people about sharks. There's over 540 different species. It's not just the big sharks like the red whites and the hammerheads, so we want to make sure that people know they're just an amazing, fantastic species. Uh, We work to get legislation passed to help sharks. We put out positive media. We take people diving with sharks. Uh, We also have a mentorship program where we've had last year, I think we had 12 uh, different women from different schools working with us, which was really exciting. And we have our shark, shark laws and loopholes database, which talks about country by country, what the laws are to help protect sharks and the loopholes, which means they may not be doing such a great job of protecting sharks. We also have our fin-free and shark-free programs to inform people about when they may may accidentally be consuming shark and they don't realize how to be a shark detective. So lots of different ways to inform and educate people to make better choices to help save sharks in the environment. Well, that's awesome. I especially love the part of educating the kids and the youth because I know we all say like, oh, they're the people of the future. And it's true, though. They really are. They're the ones who are going to carry on the legacy of all of us and of sharks in general. And as a children's book author, I love that. I love always getting kids involved. It's super important. And again, on the 540 different species, over 540 different shark species, that's crazy because, again, my brain just goes to a great white and the hammerheads. Absolutely. And that's what most people think of is, you know, especially since that's what gets all the media coverage, even on Shark Week, that's 90 percent of your program is this great white makers and hammerheads. Um, but there's some really cool species of sharks out there. You know, they go from as small as eight inches up to 45 feet with a whale shark. So there's just some really different configurations and looks and specialities in sharks. And so it's really cool to inform people about all of those things. Yeah, that's definitely super awesome. And kind of on that theme for our next question, why are sharks so important in having all these different species? Like what makes them so important? Well, they're a vital part of the ocean food web. I mean, most of these, a lot of the bigger sharks that we hear about most often are apex predators within their environment. 
And as such, they help to regulate the health of the ocean all the way down to the level of the coral. Um, we've seen it happen in areas where the sharks are overfished, that the mid-level fish are, are overabundant, which means they consume the herbivores excessively. And when you take out the herbivores, that's what's eating all the algae off the corals. Without that, the algae grow, grows unchecked, smothers the coral, causes the death of the ocean in those areas. Um, we've seen it. You've seen it happen. You know, I, we were diving in the Keys recently um, and due not just to shark populations, but lots of other reasons. The corals are dying. You know, everything we saw one dive site that was just completely sand covered. It looked like a wasteland. So our oceans are in trouble. And part of that, you know, is the shark population. So we really have to take some steps to help save our oceans. Yeah, I think that's a super important thing to bring up about how sharks aren't just what we think of when we see on the media, like, oh, they, they do this and they kill people and they all that, but they're mm -hmm. so important for the oceans and for us too, like to have them. Absolutely. I mean, the ocean provides more oxygen for the planet than all of the rainforests combined. So having a healthy balance in the ocean is super important, not just for the ocean, but for the whole planet's health. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for that. Um, so for our next question, with the six shark bites that we've seen in New York and everyone freaking out about it, and especially the media freaking out about it, should people be worried about sharks? And why have we been seeing more bites than normal? Well, what you've got to realize, I mean, think about the weather lately. It's been really freaking hot. And more people, more with that heat means people are seeking heat relief. So you've got more and more people going to the ocean for relief. So we use the ocean for recreation. And the millions of people that are in there it means you're going to have more chance of a shark encounter. Um, but you got to keep in mind that the annual shark bite average is 72 bites per year. So right now we've had 47 unprovoked bites this year, which means we're still well within the average every year. So it's not, it seems excessive, but it's actually not. It's still within the norm for what we see for annual shark bites. But you just got to remember, the more people use the ocean, we're visiting the shark's home, and there's more of a chance you're going to encounter one. Um, your chance of dying by shark bite is still minimal. It really is. I mean, you've got more of a chance of being hit on the head by a coconut and dying from a coconut fall. I mean, literally 150 people a year die by coconut which is, a cra is crazy. So just thinking about things like that, 2000 people are killed by hippos every year, which everyone thinks, oh, aren't they so cute, those hippos? Uh, no, <laughs> you gotta stay away from the hippos. They're actually pretty dangerous. Um, dog bites kill more people, bee stings kill more people. Um, so you just have to put it into perspective and you need to use the ocean in an intelligent manner. I mean, just be smart about it. You know, Don't go swimming by yourself, dusk and dawn when your sharks are more active. If you see a seal colony, that's like a great white cafe. <laughs> you don't wanna go surfing or swimming near the seals. Um, if you see people fishing and they're putting bait in the water, you don't wanna be there. You know, if they're, even if they're not, ca they're catching fish, a struggling fish splashing and flailing around is gonna attract other predators. So it's about being smart when you use the ocean and trying to co uh, live to exist together. You know, it's the shark's home and we have to be respectful guests. 100%. Yeah. And I think it's also very easy for the media to villainize sharks. Then it's harder for them to say, oh, look at scary coconuts, you know? So it's, <laughs> you know? Go, yeah, coconuts, killer coconuts don't really make headlines, do they? <laughs> but it's important people to, for people to know that 
sharks aren't as dangerous as a coconut when we death yeah. averages. So but the media isn't going to show that. So it's important for people to know that, especially when you're coming onto this podcast, to know we love sharks here. We love sharks, exactly. <laughs> They're important. Um, so our next question is, what are the biggest threats to sharks? So the biggest threats are twofold. I'd say targeted fishing and bycatch. So targeted fishing, obviously shark fin soup is still a thing. Sharks are being hunted for their fins. Um, numerous studies have been shown that sharks are worth far more alive than dead. The value of ecotourism far outweighs um, the value of selling a shark fin once. That's what that same shark can keep making money day after day um, for ecotourism, which brings money into an entire region and provides jobs for lots of people. Um, so shark fin soup is still a thing, and it's not just the countries where it's consumed. Sharks are being killed all over the world for their fins. There's also a rise in consumption of shark meat, um, which is a terrible idea. You know, I'm not sure people realize how toxic shark meat really is to consume. Um, the average mako caught on the east coast of the United States contains six times the amount of mercury that the EPA thinks is safe. Um, also contains BMAA, which is a neurotoxin associated with Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease, DDT, PBCs, ciguatoxin, which can cause food poisoning and can be fatal, and urea. Urea is a natural byproduct of consuming protein and shark meat is full of it. So chefs often have to use different seasonings or whatever to kill the stench of ammonia in the shark meat. So I don't know why anybody would ever want to eat shark meat when you hear about everything that's in it. That's crazy. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So targeted fishing there is a problem, but also bycatch. So obviously bycatch is when the fishermen are trying to get something else, but inadvertently are catching other things. You know, methods such as long lining and purse sanding and trawl fishing basically just scoop up or catch not just the target, but lots of other stuff. And millions of millions of sharks are killed every year by that method. About 73 million sharks a year are being killed. That's insane. That's honestly very crazy to me because again, everything we're just learning right, right now about how important they are and people are still doing this. And that's crazy to me. It's really crazy. And when you think about it, you know, like I said, millions of people are using the ocean for recreation, for food, for transport, less than 10 people are killed by sharks every year, you know? And the problem is, is that the media coverage is just so sensational every time there is an adverse shark encounter that it becomes more prominent in our minds and it seems bigger than it is. But, you know, like I said, we're still within the annual average of, you know, shark bites. Yeah. So it definitely seems like sharks need our help as humans to do stuff to help them. So let's talk about how we can. <laughs> um, um, well, one of the things I mentioned on our website is our shark free information. So a lot of times people say, well, hey, I don't eat shark fin soup, so I'm not part of the problem. Well, shark can be contained in lots of things. So it can be contained in joint supplements and other, other types of things. The word chondroitin is a word to look for when you're looking on your supplements. Shark can be contained in pet food and fertilizer. It can be used, their skin is often used in car seats. Um, so it's a matter of sort of being a shark detective and making sure you're making choices that are not enabling the shark trade. Part of what we do with this with the laws and loopholes database is if you're traveling, 
it helps you to make some choices. Like if your hotel that you're going to stay at serves, serves shark fin soup, you can, as a consumer, make a choice and say, hey, love your hotel, but here's why we're not staying with you and make a different choice. Um, so there's just ways to be informed and use your consumer dollars um, to support your beliefs. Also legislation, um, making sure not just that the laws are passed, but they're actually laws that have some teeth to them that are gonna do something um, and that they're then enforced. Also just simple plastic. You know, I read a, an awful, <laughs> I was reading this terrible story the other day about this poor little sea turtle that had lost a fin. So he was rehabilitating and he pooped plastic for six days straight. The microplastics and all the stuff that's getting into our ocean, it works its way up the food chain. So the smaller organisms are eating it and it goes all the way up through to the sharks as well. It affects the entire ocean ecosystem. Um, and the solution, you know, everyone says recycle, it's not recycling. The solution is to stop making it and using it in the first place. Because even if you take it out of the ocean, so where are you gonna put it? We're gonna stick it in a landfill, which then it gets washed back into the ocean. We just have to try to find ways to stop using it um, and just take better care of our planet and our oceans. Yeah, I even I saw a study and it was like saying that almost every week people ingest about like a credit card's worth of plastic through water, through all this type. It's not even just food, it's water. So ingesting yeah. fish and shark and water, you're also ingesting plastic or microplastics. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the stuff that we are putting, are consuming in our body, you know, any seafood, you know, the, especially like we're saying with the sharks, the larger they are, the more toxins they're accumulating in their bodies. You know, so even big, bigger fish like tuna, you know, you have to watch your consumption. This is why they tell pregnant women not to eat certain fish because of all of these things that they've accumulated in their bodies. And it's direct result of our actions that are causing our oceans to be more polluted and it's affecting our own food system. So always humans, always humans. Always. Well, it's interesting because some of these areas during COVID, when things were shut down, a lot of these areas started show, showing recovery, um, which really is kind of profound because it just means if we step back and let nature do its, do its thing, a lot of times it can heal itself, um, but we can't stop interfering. <laughs> so that's the, that's the problem. We've got to find ways to be um, less abusive to our, to our planet. 100% agree with that. That's everything that I believe in. So. <laughs> and so how specifically can we help your organization? Because all these amazing things that you guys are doing, we want to help out. Um, well, we're always looking for, for help. <laughs> there's, there's a very small core group of us that works here. So we need people to research and write articles for us. Um, definitely need help with the shark, law, shark laws and loopholes database. I mean, there's like a couple hundred countries out there and it's an impossible task to keep up with all of it. Um, we need people to help do presentations. You know, we have a lot of presentations ready and we have people requesting um, presentations for their classrooms. So if people are good at public speaking, if they're comfortable talking about sharks and talking to people, we need people to help with that. Um, we do our trade show booths. And if you're in a state where we have a booth, in-person help is great too. Um, we do, like I said, we have our mentorship program too. So we are looking for interns. Um, my colleague, Jamie works directly with the interns. They do a lot of the monthly chomps, the demystifying of the science to help people understand what's going on with sharks. So those are some of the things that people can do to help us out. Awesome. And can we find all of that on your website? Absolutely, you can. Um, and I believe it's angels at sharkangels is our general email box. 
that both Jamie and I will will get and see those messages and distribute. Either one of us will take care of it, depending on which um, what's going on with that. Awesome. And for anyone interested too, I will put their website in the podcast bio. So if you want to just easily click it, it'll be clickable for anyone as well. So do you have any last minute things you want to talk about or bring up about sharks? Sharks are amazing. We try to go diving with them as often as we can. Um, I've been in the water with great whites, tigers, blues, makos, thresher sharks, reef sharks, lemon sharks. I still have all my digits. I've never felt scared. I felt excited and exhilarated to see these beautiful animals in their own environment. Um, they're curious. Um, I've never had them be aggressive. So I think that we really need to change our perception um, and realize that, you know, when a shark bite or an adverse incident occurs like that, they're not targeting us. They're doing what sharks do. They have to eat. Um, most of the time, it's just a test bite to see if, if this is something that's food. Usually when the shark realizes this is not food, <laughs> they, they swim off. Um, but they're vital to our planet and, our, and the health of the, of the entire world. So we really need to take better care of them. So. I'm jealous that you've gotten to swim with them. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, are you a certified diver? You can come on one of our trips. I want to get certified. I have not had the time to, but I will find the time to, and then I will definitely retrack out. Oh, to you need to. We're actually going to see, uh, we're going to Bimini for the Great Hammerheads and Tiger Beach for Tiger Sharks coming up in March. So we have a few spots left on that trip. Maybe I'll be certified. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for everything and for coming on to the podcast. I'm sure everyone will really enjoy this and really get to learn about why we shouldn't be freaking out and why we shouldn't be listening to what the media says when they villainize sharks. Absolutely. I hope this does help teach people something they didn't learn before, didn't know before. So. And that wraps up this episode of The Angry Environmentalist. Thank you so much for listening. And remember that I will be linking the website of Shark Angels in the podcast description. So if you're interested in volunteering or helping out in any way, like talked about in the podcast, please feel free to, you know, go, go visit their website. Again, thank you so much for listening and remember to stay angry and create positive change.